There are things that we experience but never talk about. A shadow moving in a corner, flickering of the lights, a disembodied voice. We invite you to talk with us, share your story, share your evidence, because this isn't just your story, this is our story. This is Ghostbox Radio. And this is Ghostbox Radio on AM 950, where every week we talk about the paranormal, ufology, Bigfoot, or just the unusual. My name is Greg Bakken, and thank you very much for joining me today. You know, Adam, I, I uh, actually uh, climbed a mountain today. You climbed a mountain? I did. It's uh, Mount AM 950 parking lot <laughs> where uh, you need to have, I don't know what you need to get up, because it's not four-wheel drive even. But uh, it's uh, it's it's a nice little icy endeavor. Well, Kevin the Sherpa was supposed to meet all of our <laughs> guests out there, but he's actually out looking for the Yeti, which uh, is kind of what you're going to be talking about today. Well, maybe right? maybe we can get some clarity from from our guests today about that because it certainly has been uh, quite uh, quite quite the uh, sideway journey, if you will, going up and then kind of going back down the entrance in entrance. <laughs> To the parking lot, so that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, so we are going to see if maybe our guest can help us today. Robert Robinson is a fantastic Bigfoot researcher and author. He has written two successful books, Legend Tripping, The Ultimate Adventure, and International Legend Tripping, Adventure Outside the Box. He goes out to look for these elusive creatures in such places as the dense woods and swamps of Florida, and his work in this field is always a joy to read and also listen to about, which we're going to do today. Robert is an authority in all things cryptids, and he's also a UFO and paranormal guy, too. Robert, welcome to Ghostbox Radio. Hey, hey, thanks for having me on. Oh, goodness, my, my pleasure. And everyone, I'd like to uh, invite you all to listen, all of you to join our conversation. I invite you to listen, too. Uh, to do so, call in to get uh, any sort of question answered from Robert. And I would love it if some of you have seen uh, something that you're not quite sure what it is, talk to Robert. Maybe he has an idea of what, what you've been uh, seeing or whatnot. Call in. Call us at 952-946-6205. That's 952-946-6205 or email us a comment. Email address for the station is comment at am950radio.com. But we're live on AM950 Radio, but also streaming video on the following Facebook pages. You can watch us on AM950, Things Network, MN Ghostbox, Free Spirit. Network, RU Media, Skeleton Key Network, and Temple of Phoenix Rising Entertainment. So please go there, support those pages, but also leave your question on those pages. We're going to be monitoring all that. So if you have a question, we'll take a look and we'll bring that in and we'll ask Robert. So please, please do so. You know, uh, so Robert, I kind of virtually saw you when we did the ghost uh, stories and beyond uh, that live virtual thing, and that was what back in November. Uh, you know, at this yes. time, at this time of year, how what is what is like the the calendar like for for you doing research or you going out looking for creatures? And I think I've asked you this before also, but is this like is it fair to call this like a Bigfoot hunt when you go looking for them, or are you just doing it research? I'm just curious what you call that. Uh, I just call it, well, I guess we all call it, call it a Bigfoot hunt. Sure. Or skunk ape hunt or, uh, you know, whatever uh, crypto we're looking for. Uh, of course, you know, 
the goal is not to, of course, shoot this animal or anything. It's just to, you know, observe it and, you know, get evidence that it's, it's out there uh, and, or get evidence, you know, that it's been in the area, you mm-hmm. know, like tracks or, you know, uh, you know uh, what they call wood structures. Yep. Um, stuff like that. So how do, I mean, you're down in Florida, so the weather is pretty nice yes. all year round. So you're, there isn't a time that you really stop or anything, right? Well, when it, I should say when it gets really hot out, because the mosquitoes here get really, really bad. Mm-hmm. So, oh, um, bad. you know, I mean, I have been out in the summer, but we usually limit ourselves to early morning uh, hunts. We'll get up real like four o'clock in the morning, get out to our area. And once the sun comes up, we go ahead and, you know, pack it in or come to our area that we're set up our our base camp. But, like, right now, this is our prime area, you know. Of, I mean, prime time of the year. It's cooled off a little bit, and the mosquitoes aren't that bad. Uh, the only problem is that uh, it, it's hunting season. So, you know, we have to contend with the hunters out there. You know, we have to make sure that we're... You know, wearing orange when we go out there. Oh, sure. And, uh, you know, and be honest with you, when I come to an area where I see a lot of hunters, I don't even go there because, I mean, you know, with all the human activity, you're, 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 you're not going to see anything. Mm-mm. So, I mean, these animals, you know, pretty much veer away from any kind of human contact if they can help it. Well, and yeah, because they're 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 very smart. Uh, so when it so the other side of the year, then when it's when you said when you don't go out when it's really hot or anything, you know, just like how say for example, like bears will hibernate in the winter or anything because like the um, these creatures have so much hair, or whatever. Do they do anything in the summer that kind of keeps them out of the way, especially like during the day? And I know that they're elusive all the time, but I guess what I'm getting at is a way to kind of keep themselves cooled. Has there any been any sort of like uh, research into that at all? Well, I, again, I, I'm going to go off how gorillas do that, you know, because gorillas, of course, you know, they have uh, hair all over their body. They kind of keep themselves in the, you know, the shaded part of the, uh, here in the Florida, it's called the hammock. Mm-hmm. And it's a big shaded area, and uh, the temperatures are usually, you know, 10, 20 degrees uh, cooler in that area. So, in fact, that's usually where you see a lot of activity uh, here in Florida during the hotter part of the year. If they, when they are seen, is during the, they're back in the, the swamps, as you will, the hammocks. That's what it is. It's pretty much the swampy area. And, of course, I've, you know, Native Americans, the Seminoles, have told me that these animals, are, you know, aren't above just laying down in the water to cool themselves off in the swampy area because they're doing whatever they need to to be able to to cool off right i mean it, it ha- i mean i i've been in florida in the summer i haven't lived out there like you have but i mean it's it's a lot isn't it it's it's unbearable it can be it can be especially during the hotter parts because i mean the temperature can get up here pretty high right and uh you know it's kind of hard to it's hard to actually get you know because you got to be concerned with yourself getting dehydrated out there you know not to you know, take, you know, venture too far where you, you know, you know, where you run out of water. But I always take the liberty of bringing um, uh, items with me where I can find dirty water and I can clean it if, if need oh, be. Sure, yeah. You know, uh, but uh, back to what you were saying, yeah, you've got to be a little concerned with yourself out there. And, of course, you know, we have other animals contend with out there, too. You know, we have alligators and stuff. <laughs> we have panthers. Uh, we have wild boar. And uh, we, we do have bear. In fact, we've had uh, um, 
up at the Ocala National Forest, they've actually had uh, quite a bit of bear activity in that area. And, you know, bears can get, get you know, bears can be dangerous, just, you know, as everybody knows. And, you know, and I, I always, always take bear mace, or bear mace with me when I go out there. Right. No, that, that sounds like a really smart idea. We are talking with uh, Bigfoot researcher, author, Robert Robinson. Uh, once again, if you have any questions for him over the course of the show, please put them into the comments of whatever you're watching from, or you can call in at 952-946-6205. Uh, you know, we're up here in Minnesota, and so there is, I mean, there's a lot of areas up here, uh, boundary waters, everything else. I mean, you must, I, I'm assuming that you you get a do you get a lot of people, I guess, asking about uh, sightings that they've seen up in our area at all? I have. I've had some people because, uh, you know, I stay active on Facebook, and I stay active in all the Facebook uh, or all the Bigfoot uh, research groups around the United States. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if sometimes they'll post a picture or uh, ask a question. If I think I have a, an intelligent answer to give them, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in. Um and, you know, if I see a picture and uh, if I think there's some validity to it, I'll say, hey, uh, you may have something there or, you know, uh, it's hard to say. You know, what you took was awfully far off and it's hard to really make, you know, again, you know, I was a retired military policeman and I always kind of look at it, you know, go, go before a court and say, hey, you know, I'm 100 percent sure what I have is real. Mm -hmm. And, you know. That's kind of how I tell people, because, you know, you, we're dealing with mainstream uh, uh, scientists, you know, and, you know, they're the big ones to convince, you know, because, uh, you know, they, I would say 90% 90, 90 of most scientists don't believe it. I mean, I did have one scientist tell me one time we were talking, and uh, when he found out what I, I go out and research this stuff, he wanted to come talk to me about it. And he made a comment right off the bat. He says, you know, there's nothing in science saying that these animals can't be out there. Right. It's just that we don't have anything that we would able to go in and get a, a grant to go do serious research on them. So, you know, we're always watching you guys doing this stuff, hoping that one day, you know, you'll have something that we can grab onto, you know, because, I mean, like, you know, the, um, the giant octopus or giant squid, you know, for a long time, it was just a myth, the Kraken. Mm -hmm. You know, and now we're, they're, they're, you know, they're actually finding out that these animals do, are in fact real. And when that happens, that's when scientists does step in and take over. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing that I've always thought was so small-minded about people, uh, to, to, to say something. And I, and I really think about not only just the Bigfoot side of it, but also the uh, alien side of it, to say with certainty there is no possible way that such and such could exist but if that was the case, it, the, the, the story of science is one where we are constantly learning new things. So stuff that we look at and we take for granted now was unheard of 200, 300 years ago when they were saying that what we take for granted now was impossible. You know, so it's just I've never understood that 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 way of thinking. Well, you know, scientists, you know, it's a reputation online. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and unfortunately, we do have a lot of people out there today that that do hoax. True. You know, there's people that are trying to, you know, and I always say, uh, you know, when I was 
watching uh, when I was uh, finding Bigfoot crew came down there, we were interviewing people. I could tell there was people that just wanted to be on TV. Imagine that. You know. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, I have I. It's sad to say, but out of uh, ten sightings, usually uh, uh, two of them might have some validity to it. It's sad to say that. Let's do you know, let's um, let's do this, Robert. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Bigfoot researcher and author Robert Robinson. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM nine fifty. Are you dreading Monday, hating life, and living for the weekends? It might be time for some life changes. Pamela Topchian is a board-certified hypnotherapist at hypnobreakthrough.com, and she can help. Consultations are always free, and you'll receive a complimentary sample session to try out. Get in touch on hypnobreakthrough.com or send a message on social media, hypnobreakthrough or Pamela Marie Topchian. And please, if you are hearing this on AM 950 Radio during Ghost Box Radio, please let her know that you heard about her through us. I'd greatly appreciate it. And welcome back to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. My name is Greg Bakken. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Bigfoot researcher and author Robert Robinson, who wrote two books, Legend Tripping, The Ultimate Adventure, and in International Legend Tripping, Adventure Outside the Box, that you can find on Amazon.com. And I kind of cut you off a little bit last second. Robert, and we were talking a little bit about, you know, one of the things that is, I think, very prevalent in any field, paranormal, cryptozoology, anything else, is the people who just want to get on television or are going to fake stuff to try to get some kind of notoriety. Are you running into that quite a bit uh, with what you're seeing? I have. Uh, I'm not going to say a lot. Uh, I hang out with uh, investigators that uh, I hold them to a lot of credibility. They're yep. not, they don't just you know, um, how would I say, every time anything comes down or we get a sighting, they automatically, uh, oh, yeah, it's real. It's, yeah. You know, we'll go out and investigate it. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, we've, uh, sometimes we find evidence, sometimes we don't. You know, they're very elusive animals, these, uh, you know, uh, Bigfoot-type creatures. Uh, but uh, not, I haven't really lately, thank goodness, but... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I have ran into it. Like I said, when I was uh, helping out when they were doing the Finding Bigfoot, when they were doing the interviews, I, you know, I was like, oh, man, these guys are just trying to get on TV. And it's, you know, I've had, but I've had some people who approached me, um, and uh, I believe they saw something they couldn't explain, and it really bothered them. What is it that would set those people aside from the ones who are hoaxing? What is it? What are, what are some of the things that you would see in the stories that would be like, you know what, this is, I, I find this credible because of this, this, and this? When I, the, the people I believe that saw something, it, it is a very emotional experience for them. They have seen, and I use it, the, the boogeyman uh, um, type uh, uh, thing. You know, we've grown up, you know, my mom and dad told us there's no, you know, boogeyman. There's nothing on their bed, nothing hiding in the, uh, in the closet. And then you're out in the woods and you see this large, hairy creature that, you know, and all of a sudden your mind is just going, holy cow, there really is, you know, uh, un- you know, monsters out there, so to speak. And uh, I had a gentleman back in uh, 2017, Hunter, sitting in a tree stand. I've told this story many times because mm-hmm. I... This gentleman, I really believe, saw something 
he couldn't because uh, it took about two. His son actually came and approached me about it, and then he talked his dad into coming to see me. And it, you know, his dad, his son told me that after he saw it, I mean, he get, went home and went right, went laid in bed. It was just really it bothered him that, you know, he had seen this thing, you know. And then after he, you know, he was able after a couple of weeks to kind of get himself in the right state state of mind about it. He came to me, but. Uh, his, his, when he, he saw it on a tree stand and he called his uh, dad and his uh, son to come back over there, his son said it took him about, you know, it, it took him a while to get him just to get off the tree stand, you know, because, I mean, he was just freaked out over seeing this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't, he wasn't out there looking for it. He was out hunting Thanksgiving morning and it walked out in front of him. And uh, when the thing looked up at him, he realized it was a, a real creature and not somebody in a suit and stuff mm-hmm. and uh he, he did take a video with his phone but unfortunately you know and he's not looking to go on tv or anything because he said it's not a good video it was foggy that morning and you know i had a flip top phone one of those old ones and when i filmed it it uh the film made it appear further out than it was and he showed me the film he gave me a copy of it i'm allowed to show people but i can't put it on the internet because you know but uh, he took me out there, showed me where he saw it. We, saw, we actually found some footprints, but unfortunately it was like two, three weeks later and the uh, rain had came in and the prints weren't any good anymore. But you could see where something large had come running and ran down this uh, dirt road, which was muddy at the time. And, um, you know, it's funny. He says, you know, I've been out here for 30 years hunting and I've heard the stories and I never believed it. And this thing walked right out in front of me. You know, and uh, he was, and the thing too uh, that I always point out to people is that these people that see it, they can tell you everything they did that day to a T, and he, they never ve- veer off their story. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they never say, "Oh, let me think about that." I mean, when I ask a question, I said, "Hey, uh, what time did you get out there?" He said, "Oh, we got out there. We parked the car. Uh, you know, I made sure I had enough ammo." And then we agree which were <coughs> what uh, tree stands we were going to go to. That up there, I got up there and I was playing a game on my phone. And lo and behold, it walked down. First, I thought it was a hunter, and I was going to yell at the guy, say, "Hey, dude, why are you walking out? You know, you're going to get shot. You know, you're supposed to have orange when you're walking around out here." And uh, you know, he told me everything what he did when he got home. I mean, the detail this guy could tell me. And it happened again later on when I met a couple out by the Crystal River. And the funny story is we had been out there, and we came in that morning, and the manager knew what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Because my guy I was with him was bragging to everybody, oh, we're, you know, we're Bigfoot hunters and stuff. And uh, the manager came up and said, hey, you may want to talk to that couple sitting over there. Uh, I think they saw something. And I look over, and I see this middle-aged couple, you know, dressed in camouflage, and the lady is in hysterics crying, and she's pointing her finger at her, you know, going off on her husband. And I said, well, let's go over there and, and talk to him, and, you know. So I went up, introduced myself, and uh, I said, to, you know, I, said, I heard you may have seen a Bigfoot. And she jumped right in her husband's face. I told you, I told you I was a Bigfoot. I told you. Why did you bring me out here? I never wanted to come out here. You know, you made me do this. And, you know, found out that it was first time hunting. It, they, got, they went down, and uh, he put her in a tree stand. Then he took off and went into another one. She sat up there, fell asleep, woke up when she felt something pulling on the ladder, looked down and saw this large hairy, man-like creature hmm. looking up at her. And wow. she said that, you know, they don't know how long they looked, and then she started screaming for her husband, and it walked off. And uh, 
he came back and she was, you know, he said it took him, you know, he said she wasn't going to come off that tree stand so she knew Bigfoot left the planet. She was like really, <laughs> really, you know, petrified. And again, same thing. She could tell me everything. I mean, it took a while, of course, because she was hysterical about the whole thing. But she, you know, she said it had a very human face, so that ruled out the bear. I mean, mm-hmm. she knew what a bear looked like. Yep, yep. And uh, she said it was lean, uh, reddish hair, very uh, muscular. And she said it walked off when she started. It didn't run off. It walked off when she started screaming for her husband. And uh, I don't think they gave us the right directions or right location because <clears throat> when we went out there, we had to get on a boat <clears throat> to get out there. <clears throat> we didn't find the tree stands. But that whole area has a reputation of having some sightings. So I mean, she isn't the only one who's seen it. You wow. know, you, so, uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to say that I think I've come to a, a, an, a, an idea here from the story that you just told is that, you know, people think that like a, a, a creature like Bigfoot or Sasquatch or Yeti has this sort of like, you know, they have these mystical powers of being able to get in people's minds or have a pulse to keep people away. I think the real power that they have is they're able to know when somebody around them has inferior video recording technology so that they know that they can come out and uh, start being seen because they know that you're not going to get a good video of, of them. That's what I think well, is going you know, on. And, uh, uh, most people don't expect to see it, and when they do, they're freaking out when they're taking a film. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? And, of course, they're scared to get too close to it because they're scared of things that the animals are, you know, this creature's going to turn around and start running at them, you know? I, you know, I, I mean, it, 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 you know? Trust me. Yeah, go ahead. Trust me, Robert. All I was going to say is that you know, even when I see like my cat in a cute pose, I can't, I can't get the camera ready quick enough, right? I mean, it's on my phone. I can't get it. I totally understand where you're coming from. Let's do this. Let's take another break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Bigfoot researcher and author Robert Robinson. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. And as you know, Char Savoy and I do a number of events and classes together. You may have heard that we do a paranormal class together, and the next session starts January 16th. This is a five-week course that really delves into paranormal investigating from an intuitive, practical, and technical level, looking at it through the eyes of using cool equipment, honing your intuitive skills, and we play lots of evidence we picked up through the years, including we We'll be playing a video that we uh, did with Robert a while ago talking about uh, cryptoids and and Bigfoot and stuff like that. To sign up for classes, go to charvinity.com and go to events and look up Paranormal Dimensions and the Supernatural. That's Paranormal Dimensions and the Supernatural. Classes run every Monday from 6.30 to 8 p.m. starting on January 16th. And you just heard her uh, with a commercial for Metamorphous Connections. Uh, Please Go check it out. It's it's a fantastic resource, and uh, you you will find what you're looking for there. That's metamorphosconnections.com, and please support Char and support everybody. Just by going there and getting help for yourself, you're supporting a lot of people, so please do that. I am excited to say that I am a guest again at this year's Council Room in Bloomington, Minnesota, January 20th through the 22nd. Council Room is a Doctor Who convention, which is a love of mine, and I will be there to talk about Doctor Who, British television, and the paranormal. Get tickets now, and I know you're going to have a great time. It's such a fun convention, and other stars from the series, such as Sophie Aldred, who plays Ace, is going to be there too. Go to Council 
console-room.com. That's console-room.com and get tickets today. Now, if you miss Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken Live, AM 950 replays these episodes Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, or you can listen anytime by going to Spotify or iTunes after listening. Please leave a positive review for my show. I would greatly appreciate it. Now, our guest today is Bigfoot researcher and author Robert Robinson, who wrote two books, Legend Tripping, The Ultimate Adventure, and International Legend Tripping, Adventure Outside the Box, that you can find on Amazon.com. And folks, call in. Let us know if you've seen one of these creatures and where were you that you saw them, or write us, let us know, and we could talk about it. You can call in at uh, area code 952-946-6205. That's 952-946-6205. Or if you have a question, feel free to call in with that as well. Adam, we had talked about uh, something uh, to, uh, that you were going to mention to Robert, right? Right. There's the footage from, I think, four years ago of the Minnesota Bigfoot taken on Christmas Day. Uh, it's in a backyard. I want to say it's near uh, the Duluth area. And you can actually, when you can see this thing walking, it's very far in the back, but it looks like he's got about a, a, a five-foot gait in its walk when it steps. It's it's nuts. I, I want to know if there's any validity to that video and if you've seen that, Robert. Uh, I probably have. I can't recall it right off the bat. I've seen so many. But uh, uh, I have seen some video. I, I, I probably have. Um, yeah, the one thing that stood... I was going to say, the one thing that stood out in that but, video is there's a Jack Russell Terrier that goes shooting off after this creature in the backyard. And then it turns around and starts yipping back while it's running like it has seen a ghost itself. And this is <laughs> a little Jack Russell Terrier that goes hauling after it and then just makes a beeline back to the house. <laughs> well, you know, dogs can pick up on um, aggressiveness, you know. So for this, you know, I've, I've heard many stories where these dogs do go out, and then all of a sudden they get a smell of it or get a sense of it. And again, animal dogs particularly can pick up on uh, an animal that is in the uh, um, ready to, to come back at them. So, it, you know, I, that doesn't surprise me none that this animal got out there, got a big whiff of it, and maybe got a look at it and say, oh, you know, this is something I've never dealt with before, and turn around and, you know, hogtailed it back to the, back to the house. It's interesting. Um, you know, and there's, you know, up here, there's, there's a number of things, even, and, and I'm going to throw out a name of a city and Robert, I don't expect you to know where this is, but I think people in the Twin Cities area might be surprised at how close some of these sightings can be. Like Adam, I've, I've heard of sightings in Forest Lake, uh, which is just, you know, just outside the Twin Cities area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot, I mean, and especially going up to the Boundary Waters up north. You know, obviously, there's a lot of bears up there, but I've, I've heard of sightings up there. Reamer, Minnesota, which is considered by them, I don't know if everyone considers this to be the capital, Bigfoot capital of Minnesota, Reamer, Minnesota. Have you heard of that, Adam? No, I, I, but I've been to Reamer once, and that is very a wooded area yes. up there. So I could definitely see that, and I, it makes me want to go back to Reamer, to be honest with you. They do, they do a, uh, they do a uh, festival every year. Where, where I think they might have lost the thread a little bit is oh, I went there one year. It's great, it's great, it's a great experience. But they, one of the stores were selling Robert. They were selling a uh, a, whoop, a whoopee cushion with Bigfoot 
on it. And that's that's what you could buy <laughs> a, a Bigfoot whoopee cushion. So that's that's how that is, I guess. I don't know, but Reamer is it's hard to get to. It's not easy, but it's 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 a beautiful place. It it really is nice. And then also Robert up here. Um, like talking about cryptids, one of the one of the legends up here is over in Lake Pepin, Pepe, which is uh, the, the the well, I won't I don't call it a, a sea creature because it's not the sea, but it's Lake uh, Pepin, which is massive, and it and it, it does I don't remember if it connects with the Mississippi River. The Mississippi Rev, River is right there, but um, I mean every year they have a big festival out there as well of uh, of those type of creatures, but a peppy is what they call it. And and there's been a number of people uh-huh. who have seen that over the years. I don't know if you ever heard of peppy. Um, I, I, you know, I, when I was researching uh, my book, legend tripping, you know, it's not just about Bigfoot. No. You know, I delve into other, you know, like river and lake uh, creatures. And, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of stories out there around the United States about Lake Tahoe, you know, uh, there's one in Georgia. Um, uh, and, uh, <laughs> You know, just recently uh, a gentleman came on uh, and put a video of something that uh, up in North Carolina, and uh, it is it, it's really a wild video that uh, what it what it is. I have no idea what it is that he, he got a video of. I mean, at first I thought it was an alligator, but then you see the body moving and it almost looks like an eel's body. I was like, holy cow, what is that? Right. You know. So, um, you know. I mean, I grew up, you know, with the legend of Loch Ness, you know, got to go there one time as yep. a kid. So, uh, you know, that was one of the uh, uh, cryptids that got me interested in it was the, the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, you know, Lake Champlain, it, they still have activity up there in New York and Vermont area of this uh, Ogopoga up in Canada. Uh, yeah. They are seen, rarely, but they are seen, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, I think it's really neat. Uh, I'd like to. I'd, I'd love to get more into uh, investigating uh, what I call uh, river or lake monsters. No, because I mean it's definitely there's definitely something to it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember uh, Loch Ness. Does that eventually channel into the North Sea, or is it is it all self-contained? I forget. It has a couple rivers, uh, small rivers that uh, go into Loch Ness. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a movie Loch Ness with. Ted Danson and, and all that stuff. And there was another movie about it where, for some reason, they made it look like uh, there was a, a uh, uh, what is it, a, uh, a fence that stopped going <laughs> right into the North Sea, which, no, it does not. It <laughs> yeah, no, not. no, it it's does, pretty, does. It's a pretty contained lake. It's huge. Right. I mean, that is a doggone big, big-ass lake. Yeah. Uh, I, in fact, I had, you know, as a kid, I, I thought, for some reason, I thought it was smaller. When I got out there, I said, holy cow, this thing is huge. It's massive. You know, I, it been, is. It really is a big. I've been out there, uh, but I've been in Oban, Scotland. And so, you know, it, it is it is pretty big. And that's kind of what I'm kind of getting at a little bit. Like when I think about like uh, Lake Pepin, uh, you know, it, it is massive as well. It's absolutely massive. But you got to think. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just it's hard to imagine something in there when there is a defined space that that can can be in you know you think about something like a bigfoot that you know it's not bound by anything really uh it can go anywhere but you know something like peppy or the loch ness monster it from what i understand it needs water so it's, it's like well after all these years you think there'd be you know more sightings of it or did it die and because nothing lasts forever anyway maybe it died and maybe that's why you don't see anything anymore 
I, it, it, you know, it's possible. Um, a lot of times, you know, um, they are seen, but, you know, in order to have a sighting, <coughs> you got to have somebody out there to see it. Yep. You know? So, I mean, not, you know, like we have Lake Monroe here in Florida, which uh, we have Pinky, hmm. this, uh, the lake monster. It goes up the, uh, um, um, oh, God, I forgot. I just drew a blank on the name of the river that goes up to it. Um, but uh, I, you know, I had no idea how big Lake Monroe was because I always, you know, when I went looking, I always looked at it from the river aspect. And when I actually, I went over to a cigar place <laughs> and then I was sitting in there and I said, what's that lake out there? You know, this gigantic lake. He goes, oh, it's Lake Monroe. I went, holy cow, that's a really huge lake. And I <laughs> said, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you're just seeing a little bit of it, dude. It goes way over there. You, so and I, I brought up the, about the the lake monster. He goes, oh, yeah, it hadn't been seen in a while, but, yeah, there's, supposed, there's a lake monster out there. I mean, even the guy at the cigar place knew about this this uh, cryptid. So, uh, you know, I mean, Lake Tahoe is supposed to have a uh, – and, again, you know, who knows that this animal has made it, uh, uh, you know. I mean, I know now there's been more Loch Ness uh, sightings than there's ever been. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, they've got cameras all over that place. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. But uh, they have, you know, they are getting some activity out there. I mean, and it's, you know, there's speculation that we're dealing with a, a really large eel uh, as, uh, as far as what the, the Loch Ness Monster might be. And I had no idea eels could get that big. And I was doing, you know, they found one in, uh, I think it was Thailand. And, mm-hmm. and this sucker was huge. You know, I said, I can see what people would say. About uh, eels being a sea serpent, I yeah. think that you know the one they found in Thailand. So, um, you know, uh, uh, you know we have gar down here that get pretty darn big, but most people know what a gar looks like. So, um, you know, it, it is possible. You know, that there is something out there to these things. People see them, and I mean, those people nowadays know what you know normal creatures look like. You yeah. know, alligators, yeah. eels. Um, you know, sturgeons, you know? Yeah. And a sturgeon, I mean, that's a pretty impressive-looking fish. But, you know, you ever see a sturgeon, you'll always know what they look like. You'll never say, oh, I saw something. I I, I think it was a Loch Ness Monster. It looked like a surgeon, but I, <laughs> it was a surgeon, you know? <laughs> so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw a little... Uh, a, a little uh, a different direction on you here, uh, Curveball. M- M- Mothman. You know, I mean, Mothman, uh, yes. I mean, that's, that's, I, I just love, I love everything about that. And I mean, the fact that people see that is pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, it hasn't been seen in a while, but I mean, there's a, uh, there's been sightings of Mothman type uh, creatures seen in other areas too, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, there's been seen, there's been seen, I mean, there was one scene over in England called the Kent uh, Creature. And if you look at the description, you're going to say, oh, my God, that looks like a mothman. So, um, you know, you know, again, I don't know what it is. I'd love to, <laughs> I'd love to know. Uh, I do research the, on these things. You know, I've been to the Mothman Festival a number of times. Yeah. I have the privilege of speaking there. And, uh, you, know, you know, people know what owls look like, bottom line, you know. Yeah. So you can't say, uh, you know, oh, you mistook it for an owl. You know, people know what owls look like. Well, that they saw was something that, you know, was not an owl, you know. 
I, so, I, I guess— The Mothman is a very—oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I guess I'm a softie, though, Robert. I, I think to myself, I hope there's more than one Mothman, because it's a very lonely existence for this for this, for this <laughs> entity. And I, I mean nothing more than just, like, the fact that it doesn't feel like it can interact with anybody, you know? And it just lives its life either scared or is it something that is—I mean, it doesn't look like something that gets intimidated, though, I guess, when you really look at it. Uh, you know, Seth Breedlove did an awesome video about the uh, the Mothman, and I encourage people out there if they ever really want to see or really see about the sightings of this, uh, go see, uh, check out his video. I think it's on Amazon. But Seth, Seth and his crew do outstanding research whenever they put their little uh, documentaries together. And one of the best ones I've seen is the Mothman, in my opinion. And uh, you know, he's continually out. He just put one out about the Jersey Devil. Hmm. And uh, I haven't watched it yet. They just sent me the video DVD. I'm going <clears> to <throat> sit down and watch it. I think my wife, <clears throat> who's not a really big believer, but she loves Seth's videos, you know. So, um, going uh, to have you know, to check we, that out. Yes. No, who, who is that again? Who is that again, Robert? Seth Breedlove. Okay. If you go on Amazon and type his name in, he's got a number of documentaries out there, and very well-made videos. He does his he does his homework before he puts them together. <clears throat> I mean, he's done them on the um, the Dogman uh, legend up sure. in uh, Wisconsin, and uh, uh, and he's done some Bigfoot videos. I met him when uh, first met him when he was getting started out down in uh, Falk, Arkansas, when he was doing about the uh, the Falk monster, and uh, I've been friends with him ever since. And uh, but uh, he's very busy now. I mean, he's got a lot of things going on, and uh, he's and because he's putting out quality DV uh, documentaries, so he's definitely made a name for himself. Let's. That sounds good. Why don't we do this? Let's take our last break. When we come back, we're going to continue and finish our conversation with Bigfoot researcher and author Robert Robinson. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. And join us next week on Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken as we talk about one of the most interesting places in, twin, in the Twin Cities. We're going to talk about the Rogue Buddha Gallery in Northeast Minneapolis with its owner, Nicholas Harper. It's a beautiful art gallery with magical art created by its big-hearted artist and owner, Nicholas. Plus, well, the place is haunted. Of course it is. Uh, we're going to talk more about this fantastic location next week, and, and it's, it is really cool. It's, like I said, over in northeast Minneapolis, below where the P&A Hall is, which is also uh, haunted, along with the North Nordy so Social. So definitely check it out. For our final segment, we return today to our guest, Bigfoot researcher and author Robert Robinson, who wrote two books, Legend Tripping, The Ultimate Adventure, and International Legend Tripping, Adventure Outside the Box, that you can find on Amazon.com. You can also find them in my house. I have read both of them. And, uh, you know, Robert, are you working on anything else at the moment? Uh, I am going to attempt, again, to do a book on uh, the Florida's Bigfoot. Oh. The swamp ape, the, uh, you know, the skunk ape. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to veer and just start calling it the swamp ape because <laughs> <laughs> it's not always, you know, this animal isn't always, thinking when it's thinking, you know? Right, right. I mean, and that's, I mean, so and that would be cool because these first two books, uh, Legend Tripping, The Ultimate Adventure, and International Legend Tripping, you're covering a lot of, it's like it's like a catalog, if you will, right, of, of all these oh, different absolutely. cryptids. I, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I've, 
I got into it, the whole aspect, is that a lot of people ask, keep asking me questions on how to do things and mm-hmm. what to – and then I've been out with people who have gone out there who weren't prepared for things, and I said, I've really got to put it on paper how, you know, if you're going to go do this, you know, what you need to do, where you need to go, and, you know, certain things like that. And, you know, know that, you know, not every part of the woods has a Bigfoot in it. You need mm-hmm. to you do research and find out where – these things are being seen, and that's where you need to go, you know, do your research at. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's just it, right? You want to make sure you get you get people, and it's kind of like what we do with our paranormal class. You know, you just want to set people up for success and also th- so they don't hurt themselves as well because that could happen very easily, especially out in the woods. Oh, absolutely. I, You know, whenever I go out, I always have uh, my bag with me in case I get stuck out there overnight. I have all the... You know, everything I need to be able to camp out tonight. I don't have to worry about, you know, freezing to death or anything like that. I, you know, and, and so I try to stress to people, you know, because I've had people just, you know, go out there with a camera and a flashlight and then get lost out there. And, you know, they don't have any equipment to take care of themselves for the night, you know. So, you know, and then again, I, I like camping, too. I like going out there. I like taking... My grandkids are getting at the age where I can take them out with me, too. Mm-hmm. But I, I do like to try to find areas where there has been some uh, activity because it makes it a little bit more than just a camping trip. It turns it into like a, well, my, my grandson called it kind of a, a Goonies adventure, you know, <laughs> when you go out there. <laughs> that's so, the, um, it, well, yeah. and, that's, <laughs> and that's the funny thing about it, too. It's like I think that if you want to – uh, really do any sort of Bigfoot research, get out into the field and do it, you have to like being outside. I know that sounds silly to say, but it's true though, right? I mean, it's not like, oh, I just want to kind of, you know, go into a little bit of the woods and see if I can get something. You really have to want to, you know, you you want to be able to enjoy the whole experience, I would think. Well, you know, yeah, you can't just walk off, you know, go back in the, off the road a couple of feet and hope, you know, something's going to happen. You know, these animals, for the most part, are very human, so you're going to have to get back out there, you know, in there. And, uh, you, know, um, I, you know, I go out with some uh, investigators, uh, Bigfoot Mafia, Florida Mafia, and uh, we, you know, we go camping. And, you yep. know, sometimes we'll sit there and just see if something comes probing the camp at night, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, like you said, camping is, is actually fun. I had uh, a gentleman approach me at a conference saying, you know, this was years and years ago. He said, you know, I want to take my son out camping and, and, and fishing and stuff, but, uh, you know, he wants to stay home and play video games and stuff. I said, well, do this. Tell your son you could take him out on a Bigfoot hunt. Yeah. You know, and during the day you guys go fishing and at night, you know. And I said, but, you know, you're going to have to take him walking around, you know, with the light and stuff and really, you know, because, you know, he's going to figure you out real quick that, you know, you're just tricking him to come in out there. You're really going to have to go look out or go, Go do do some Bigfoot hunting with them, and later on he wrote me and said, "Hey, thanks for the advice. Uh, you know, it worked. You know, me and my son go out, uh, you know, a little bit more than you know, and uh, he likes the whole a- aspect of you know looking for Bigfoot and stuff when we're out there. So uh, it, it worked. You know, I mean, and he's now gotten into the whole camping thing with me. So you know, we're having a great time now. Now we have just under two minutes left uh, before we wrap up the show. One of the things that I briefly would love to talk about. I love. I've always loved. Uh, people who have, and we talked about this at Ghost Stories and Beyond, uh, people that have recordings of what we believe are Sasquatch, Bigfoot, uh, communicating either with each other or just making sounds 
while you're out there and you could just hear it in in like the forest and stuff and i i just feel like that that is such a real to me that's a very tangible aspect of their existence i guess uh there is there are some you know uh i can tell you do not agree later on <laughs> uh, well i know I, I do agree like there's uh um one called the sierra sound mm-hmm. and uh, you can go on youtube and type that in and i believe that these two gentlemen out there really recorded a bigfoot or a sasquatch or whatever you want to call it because that you know because these animals whistle yeah you know they do give off a whistle and that rules out a bear or a deer or anything because those animals can't whistle no so uh again i, I tell people listening if you really want to hear some what i call credible uh bigfoot uh sounds it's called the sierra sound okay and uh again you can go on youtube and listen to it and uh it, 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 it's really, really, really extraordinary listening to this uh, sound that this animal is making. Robert Robinson is a fantastic Bigfoot researcher and author. He has written two successful books, Legend Tripping, The Ultimate Adventure, and International Legend Tripping, Adventure Outside the Box. You can pick up his book on Amazon.com. I do highly uh, recommend that you do so. Robert, thank you so very much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I had a great time. Always always great to have you on. This has been Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken on AM 950. Thank you all for joining me, and join us next week as we talk with Nicholas Harper with Rogue Buddha Gallery. Take care, everybody.